This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry, bringing to you the Short Talk Bulletin, published by the Masonic Service Association of North America every month since 1923. This, the Short Talk Bulletin podcast, is produced in cooperation with the MSA and is made possible with the generous support of a grant from the Grand Lodge AFNAM of Minnesota. Volume 51, Number 7, from July of 1973. Put a Log on the Fire. Written by Reverend Brother Eugene G. Beckman, Grand Chaplain of the Grand Lodge of South Carolina. When Paul returned from his missionary journey, his enemies accused him of sedition, a pestilent fellow, and one who had profaned the temple. They wanted to put him to death, but the Roman government did not grant them that authority. They brought him before Felix, governor of Judea. Felix listened to their charges, but found no fault in Paul. Festus was sent to replace Felix. He asked Paul if he would go to Jerusalem to stand trial, but Paul knew he could not get a fair trial in Jerusalem, so he appealed to Caesar in Rome. Then Festus said, Unto Caesar thou shalt go. Herod Agrippa, king of Palestine, came to pay his respects to Festus. Festus told him about his prisoner he had on his hands. Agrippa said he wanted to see him. Paul was brought before him, and Agrippa gave him permission to speak for himself. After hearing Paul's defense, Agrippa said, This man has done nothing worthy of death or of bonds. Then he said to Festus, This man might have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Paul was turned over to Julius, a centurion of Augustus's band. They boarded a ship at Caesarea and started across the Mediterranean Sea. They reached the port of Myra, a city of Lycia. The centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing for Italy, so they got on that ship. This ship got as far as Crete. Soon they ran into a terrible storm. The ship was battered by the storm for fourteen days. On the fourteenth night they realized that they were nearing land, and soon those that could swim were told to swim to shore. The others, on boards and broken pieces of the ship, reached land safely. There were two hundred and seventy-six people on that ship. When daylight came, they realized that they were on the island of Melita, known as Malta today. Malta is a little island in the Mediterranean, 60 miles south of Sicily, and 200 miles from Africa. Today, Malta is a British colony. It's a place of great historical interest. It was first settled by the Phoenicians. Malta played an important role during World War II. It controlled the sea lanes across the Mediterranean, through which vital supplies were sent to Africa and Asia. The deep inlets made good submarine bases, and the many underground passages were used as bomb shelters for men, arms, and food. It was the most heavily bombed place in the world, but was never put out of action. When these shipwrecked men landed on Malta, Luke said, The barbarous people showed us no little kindness. He didn't mean that these people were barbarians, as we use the word, meaning savage, cruel, or uncivilized. The Greeks and Romans regarded all those who did not speak their language as barbarians. 
The language of these people was that of Africa, and that's why they are called barbarians in the book of Acts. How was their kindness shown? They kindled a fire and received us, every one. Remember, it was November, and the weather was bitter. These men were wet and cold. They must have built a big fire to warm 276 people. I believe they kindled many fires, and the men stood around these fires to warm themselves and to dry their clothes. Nothing is more welcome than a good fire when one is wet and cold. Paul appreciated the kindness of these people, and as he stood by the fire, he realized that in order to keep a fire burning, you must keep putting wood on it. Others had built this fire for him, but he wanted to make a contribution himself. So he went into the bushes or to the seashore nearby and gathered some wood and put it on the fire. Perhaps he picked up some driftwood, which is usually plentiful on the seashore. He wanted to do his part to keep that fire going. I have a fireplace in my home, which we enjoy immensely, and I've learned this lesson. If you want to keep a fire burning, you must add a piece of wood now and then. If you don't, the fire will soon go out. This is the burden of this short talk. Let us consider masonry as a fire. This fire was started centuries ago by others. It is burning today because fellow masons in their day and generation put another log on the fire. Some here today are members of old lodges. Some are members of lodge number one in our state. Many Masons today never contributed one dollar to the erection of the lodge hall they meet in. Others added a log as they became members of the lodge. Those who are members today are doing the same thing, and the result of all this is the lodge is strong and vigorous and will continue to be so long as we put our log on the fire. In your local lodge, you have many opportunities to add a log to the fire. You can respond when the lodge elects you to an office in your lodge, whether the position be master or tiler. When this honor comes to you, accept it and serve to the best of your ability. You add a log to the fire when you serve on an examining committee, when you assist in the degree work, and when you give a lecture. You add a log when you help prepare refreshments. Some members have a gift for this. You add a log to the fire every time you attend a lodge meeting. If you don't attend and do the other necessary things, the fire will go out. That has happened in some places and will happen again unless we keep adding logs to the fire. A church court of which I was a member was asked to close a church. That church had served its community for 125 years. For a century and a quarter, people had worshipped in that church. Many young couples were married in that church. Many people were buried in the cemetery which lies beyond the church. Many of the young people moved to the cities after graduating from college. The older members of the church died. The few remaining members became indifferent and didn't put a log on the fire, and the inevitable happened. The church was closed. All that remains today is an old building and a large cemetery. It is our duty and privilege as Masons to put a log on the fire. I've tried to do that during the years I've served as Grand Chaplain. A few years ago, I was invited by a lodge to conduct a religious service in the town where the lodge is situated. 
It was held on Sunday evening in one of the churches. A large number of Masons attended, and many men were there who were not Masons. I preached a sermon that I had previously preached at Grand Lodge. Later, the master of the lodge wrote to thank me for conducting that service, and, among other things, he said, I know you'll be interested to hear that at our next regular communication after that religious service, we had five petitions, one being from the mayor of our town. Last year, the Grand Lodge was called upon to dedicate a beautiful lodge hall in a town in the upper part of our state. The old hall was in a run-down part of the town, and it was very inadequate. Some members wanted to build a new hall on the other side of town. They talked about this project for years, but could not get a majority vote. There was still some opposition. Finally, a meeting was called to decide one way or the other. Some spoke for the move, and some spoke against it. The secretary of the lodge remembered a sermon I had preached at Grand Lodge. The subject of the sermon was, Every Man in His Place. He read parts of that sermon to the lodge. The vote was taken, and the lodge voted almost unanimously to build a new hall. The secretary told me about this when we were eating after the dedication. Unconsciously, I had put a log on the fire in that town. You are putting a log on the fire which is masonry by attending this meeting of Grand Lodge. No successful meeting just happens. You are adding your contributions by serving on the various Grand Lodge committees. We are going to have a wonderful meeting today and tomorrow because our Grand Master, our Grand Secretary, our past Grand Masters, and others have been putting logs on the fire ever since our last annual communication. I was once pastor of a large rural church in this state. It was customary to have a series of meetings in the fall after the crops were harvested, with a visiting minister leading the services. There was an outstanding man in that community who was not a member of our church. His wife and two children were members. He had grown up in a neighboring community and was once active in his church. One night during these special services, he was present. The minister brought a message that night using the same theme I'm using here. Among other things, he said there are many people who enjoy the blessing of the church, the school, the other organizations, but never contributed anything to them. They never put a log on the fire. That sermon struck the man right between the eyes. He realized what a cheapskate he was, what an empty boxcar he was. The railroad never receives a penny for hauling an empty boxcar. He went back to the church in which he grew up, became active, and led the congregation to build a beautiful brick church. He put a log on the fire which others started and kept burning through the years. It is my hope and prayer that this short talk will inspire you to put a log on the fire when you return home. Each one of us can do that. Whether we have one talent or ten talents, we can put a log on the fire and masonry will keep burning to bring blessings to future generations. This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry, and this has been the Short Talk Bulletin Podcast, produced in cooperation with the Masonic Service Association of North America 
for the purpose of providing a common stock of vetted Masonic information to all of the constituent lodges of all of the member jurisdictions, and is made possible through a generous grant from the Grand Lodge AFNAM of Minnesota, who have been engaging and inspiring good men who believe in a supreme being to live according to the Masonic tenets of brotherly love, relief, and truth since 1853.